Hello and welcome to Twice Exceptional, teens exploring and living with neurodiversity. I am your host, Kate. I am 16 years old, the middle child of three, and I own a stuffed animal named Samoa. More importantly, I have ADHD and I am gifted, making me Twice Exceptional. I started this podcast because living with ADHD can be difficult, and I wanted to find a way to reach people and share some information from the perspective of a neurodivergent teenager with a neurodiverse sibling. In this podcast, I discuss my experiences living with ADHD, interview guests, and research different aspects of neurodiversity. For this episode, I had the wonderful opportunity to interview Ben Brainerd, a comedian with 2.7 million followers on TikTok, for his videos dressing up as Florida and the other states. He also has his own podcast, The Good, The Dan, and The Florida Man, which he co-stars with Ryan Kelly and Daniel Spencer. I'm a huge fan of their podcast and Ben's videos, and when I started this podcast, I just knew I had to reach out to Ben to see if he would share his experience with ADHD. Without further ado, let's go on to the interview. Ben, thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. So first, can you tell the viewers a little bit about yourself, including like your name, your career, and your connections like ADHD? Sure. My name is Ben Brainerd. Uh, I am a comedian. Um, There's a lot. That's a a big question. I've done so many things. Uh, My career, so I, I... Out of high school, I went to college for engineering. Mm -hmm. I was going to be a mechanical engineer. And then I got bored, so I stopped going. Uh, And when I dropped out, I joined the Army. And then I moved to Orlando, and I started doing stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was doing stand-up for a while. And then the world shut down from COVID. And I turned to online sketch comedy. And so now that's, like, the main thing that people know me for is online sketch comedy, where I dress Uh up as all of the states of America, sit down at a table, and talk about how nobody's doing well. Yeah. And if all of that doesn't already explain my connection to ADHD, uh, hi, I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your videos are really funny. And I think you did a good job with Arizona. <laughs> I do a lot of research. There's a lot of rabbit holes to fall down. Yeah. And then when did you first hear about ADHD, just like in general? Well, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I, I imagine it was a long time ago, probably when I was a kid, whether or not I like took it seriously or thought anything mm-hmm. of it is, you know, up for debate, but I probably heard about it when I was real little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, so when were you diagnosed with ADHD and was there a main reason or was it just a mix of reasons? So I was diagnosed in January of 2020, uh-huh. which is the perfect time to do anything, you know, <laughs> and there's a, there was a small mix of reasons. So I had kind of thought that I had ADHD already at that point, mm. but this was well after I had dropped out of college. Uh, this was after I had started doing comedy and all that. Um, and so it, it really didn't help much. I think I was working at a call center at the time mm-hmm. and I knew like I was just having 
the worst possible time trying to actually get call center work done, just calling people all day. And at that point, I was like, maybe let me look into some some medicine. Uh, the other interesting factor in this is when I was at basic training, the guy that slept in the bunk next to me for those 10 weeks uh, had a master's in family psychology. And after like eight weeks, he was like, hey, man, I think I've diagnosed you. And I was like, why would you say that out loud with no other context? And so he just started telling me a few things that he noticed about me and like what that possibly meant. And he's like, when we get out of here, man, I'll send you some, some information and some resources and stuff. And I looked it up and I was like, damn, okay. I'm a little scratch and dent. And I just booked an appointment at like a local psychiatrist and I walked in and I was like, Hey, I think I have ADHD. And he handed me a piece of paper and he was like, fill out this form. And before I even finished it, he was like, no, you have ADHD. Yeah. And I was like, well, that felt rude. So you didn't have to take like a test or anything? Because I know I, I had to do that. I that was the test. He made me take the test. But before I finished the test, he was just watching <laughs> me take it. And he was like, nah, nah, you got it for sure. Uh-huh. Okay. And then you mentioned the military and how you were in basic training. And I was going to ask you, do you think that having ADHD like impacted some of your experience with that or? Oh, I'm sure it did. The weird part about it is that I think military life is really good for people with ADHD in certain uh -huh. senses because it's so structured. It's so regimented. Mm -hmm. All of the little stuff is basically just taken care of for you. Like you never have to think about what you're going to have for dinner. You have three options. You just pick one, man. I just, I honestly just picked the one that looked the worst for me. They would color code it. That's a fun <laughs> fact. They don't really tell you. There's a red one, a yellow one, and a green one. And I would always pick the red one because it was probably fried. And so I don't know, there's a, probably a few things that for sure affected the, that my military career because of the ADHD. Like I agreed to do a lot of things without actually getting any follow-up or explanation of what it was. I was just like, mm -hmm. that sounds fun. And I would, I would do it. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like the, the decent diet and daily exercise helped I, I, not cure, but helped like mm -hmm. assuage a lot of the, the symptoms of the ADHD. Yeah. So I was kind of more on point after we did like our, our daily workout, like in the morning, we'd wake up and like, eat something and then go work out and then eat some more food. And, and I think like, because of all that stimulation, I was always just like ready to go. Uh, and I actually became the leader. Like I was in charge of my platoon at basic for most of the, the basic. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe that was, why because like I was just so on point because of all the stimulation and I was just so ready to get stuff done and be active and helpful um but yeah the military life for sure the the structure and the regiment definitely helps the ADHD mm -hmm. outside of the military I've had 30 jobs that's a lot I'm 26 years old I've had 30 jobs and it's because like I would just show up one day and be like this isn't fun I'm not enjoying this. And then I would just impulsively quit the job and then try to find another one. And I would say yes to, to any opportunity. So like mm -hmm. I spent time catering events. I, I was the audio technical engineer for a teen church in Daytona beach, Florida. 
I spent time as a, uh, a like a girls rec soccer coach mm-hmm. uh, and a referee. Um, I was a freelance photographer and videographer. Like I've done editing, like I've done so much. I, I've mm-hmm. worked on two different food trucks. Did you have I've like a so, favorite? I, a favorite food truck or just a favorite job? Favorite job minus like your current job. Oh, Wow, that's rough. I, I got some weird ones for sure. Uh, I was the cow at Chick-fil-A when I was 16. Oh. <laughs> uh, I drove a bus for the YMCA and I was their like after school camp counselor. And mm-hmm. that one was probably the most out there for me. Nobody was really expecting that one to happen, mm-hmm. but I was really good at it. That sounds cool. Yeah. And I understand what you were saying about the structure earlier. Like I've heard from a lot of people that like college is a lot more difficult because of the structure kind of, because high school has a lot more structure to it. And there's nobody that's structuring it for you. That is the hard Mm -hmm. part is making your own schedule and then forcing yourself to stick to it. Military, there's always some guy yelling at you to stick to your schedule. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then- so do you have any specific stories that you feel like really shows what it's like to have ADHD? Ah, uh, besides the ones that I've already said. Oh uh, man, not, not, not anything jumping off the top of my head. Uh-huh. I, I think that is actually a pretty good example, honestly, <laughs> because I, listen, my memory is Swiss cheese. The ADHD and the trauma held hands and walked through my memory and we're like, well, we're not doing that one today. Uh-huh. I don't remember. I'm the easiest person in the world to gaslight because I've just accepted this fact about myself is that uh, whatever I say or do, I'll probably just forget that I've done it or said it in a week. So mm-hmm. multiple times people have come up to me and be like, hey, you said this to me. And I was like, ah, okay. I don't remember saying that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I believe you, so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got me in a little bit of trouble, but I, at this point, I've just learned to accept what they've told me as true and move on from there. Yeah. But yeah, um, you already talked a little bit about your careers and stuff, but do you think ADHD has helped you in your careers, both current and past? I get asked this at shows a lot, if ADHD helps. And my general response is yes, ADHD helps me in my career the same way that like being a paraplegic is beneficial because you don't have to buy shoes or pants anymore. Like you may not have legs, but you're saving some money. Uh And that's how I tell people it is with ADHD, where it's like, uh, yeah, the negatives far outweigh the positives here. Yeah. I have to take daily medication just to Mm -hmm. stay a little bit on track with stuff. I have a a notebook that I carry around with me, and Mm -hmm. it's just every day I write down the stuff that I have to get done. And the list never ends because I keep remembering randomly things mm-hmm. that I have to do. Yeah. Uh, and then also sometimes I look at the list and I go, hmm, no. 
Yeah, I have a hard time with that, actually, because like I have a planner at times and then I forget mm-hmm. about the planner sometimes and fall off track with it. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to stay on top of it, but doing my best. And then is there a specific part of ADHD that you feel needs to be addressed more? Everything except for the lack of focus. (laughs) Nobody talks about anything other than the fact that we can't focus on things. And it's Mm -hmm. so annoying because that is the the least of my worries. Uh Uh, I think the biggest one that nobody talks about is probably the lack of object permanence. Mm -hmm. If you just move something outside of my line of sight, my brain's like, well, that doesn't exist anymore. I'm so wildly forgetful and it goes so much deeper than just like forgetting where I put my water bottle. Mm -hmm. Uh, For people that listen to this, I'm sure like everybody listens to this podcast probably has ADHD. So they understand (laughs) what I'm about to say. But like if there's somebody out there that doesn't have ADHD and you're like, I wonder what that's like. Listen, the object permanence applies to so much more than just objects. I forget people exist Uh regularly. I will meet somebody and I'll be like, yeah, that was fun. And then I will forget that I hung out with them. I've been on a lot of first dates and very few that I remember. Okay. It, it's, it's rough. Uh, and the other thing, it like, this is the part that I think even people with ADHD don't really think about. Uh, it also applies to feelings and emotions. Uh-huh. So if your friend hasn't told you that they love you lately, Guess who forgot that their friend loves them? It's us. We forgot that. They, we haven't been, we haven't perceived it in a minute, uh, which plays into rejection sensitive dysphoria, which uh-huh. is another symptom of ADHD, mm-hmm. where we just think everyone hates us all the time for no reason. Mm-hmm. So you forget people exist. You forget how they feel about you. You feel worse about it. And then I don't know where you fall on this spectrum, but the, the time blindness spectrum. Yeah. I am about as time blind as you get. I have no <laughs> perception of the passing of time, which is uh-huh. cool because I don't get jet lagged, which is interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, but it does not help with the RSD because I'll be like, oh man, my friend hasn't texted me in months and I'll look and it'll be like three days ago. <laughs> yeah, I forget to text back most of the time because I'm like, oh, I'm going to respond. And then I put my phone down and forget about it. Yep. But I yeah. have to leave things unread so that I see the notification later mm-hmm. when I have the energy and the effort to actually respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but that doesn't work. Cause then I'll look again, there'll be like a hundred unread text messages <laughs> and I'll be like, well, we're not going to do that today. Yeah. But yeah, I actually recently talked about RSD on this with my brother who also has ADHD because oh, cool. I have a sister who doesn't, but my brother and I both oh, do. So it's kind of chaotic. Lucky duck. <laughs> what's it like I have no idea it's just interesting because she's the oldest too and so she just has two mm-hmm. younger siblings that both are kind of all over the place all the time yeah yeah but yeah so I know that RSC is a big one but the object permanence thing I feel like I understand that but I haven't really thought about it too much honestly Oh, that is the worst one because you just forget everything that you mm-hmm. don't for meetings, appointments, people, feelings, water bottles. I've lost so many water bottles. Yeah, same. <laughs> this one stuck with me the longest and I don't know how, <laughs> but here it is. Yeah. 
I've lost a lot of water bottles, honestly, but I don't know where they are, so. No one will. (laughs) And then how do you stay on top of your workload? You already showed the, like, list of things you have to do, but is there something else you do? Um, Well, I take Vyvanse, Mm -hmm. which, for people that don't know, is, like, a more expensive Adderall. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a softer... Adderall, I think the uh, the side effects are much more mild for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I was on Adderall, I got nauseous anytime I would look at food. Uh-huh. Whereas Vyvanse, I can eat. Like I still don't have an appetite, but I can eat when I'm when I'm on Vyvanse. Uh-huh. Um. So the Vyvanse for sure helps. I also now have like a team of people that that keep me on track. So like I'll get mm-hmm. messages in the mornings from like my manager and my, my editing team. And they'll be like, Hey, we need this done by this day. We need to have this done by there. Um, but I've been doing this for so long now that like I have my schedule. I made, I made my schedule and now I've gotten pretty decent at like forcing myself to stick to my schedule as best as uh-huh. possible. Maybe that's just sheer willpower. Maybe that's Vivance, maybe that's military, but whatever it is, I've got whatever it is I need in here to make me stick to a schedule for the most part. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think that it helps with like the accountability factor, having other people and like to help remind you? Yeah, absolutely. It does. Uh, Have you heard of body doubling? Yes. Yes. I love body doubling. Um, I actually run or, or host, not really run, but I host like a uh, a writing and like working group session uh-huh. uh, every week at my house. So I invite all my like creator friends over and we just kind of like sit around and, and talk shop, talk ideas and, and work on our own things mm-hmm. uh, near each other. And just having all of those people around working, it, so much stuff gets done. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like that would be helpful. I know I do better work in situations like that, even if sometimes it's a little distracting. The silence yep. is honestly more distracting. So, yep. And then, do you tell people that you have ADHD and like if they ask or just if it comes up? Um, if it comes up, mostly like I think more often than not, it's as part of like an explanation or an apology for a weird quirk or symptom side effect, Mm -hmm. whatever that I have, where, you know, somebody reach out and be like, Hey, haven't heard from you in a week. And I'll be like, ah, sorry, I have ADHD. I kind of forgot that my phone existed. Um, stuff like that. Like uh, out here in LA, in such a big creative space, Mm -hmm. most people that I've met have ADHD, so mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to just be like, ah, sorry, I have ADHD. And they just kind of go, yes, yeah, same. And then we bond over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's way less stigmatized out here, especially in the entertainment field, because everyone's got something. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that my dad didn't believe that I had ADHD. Like, uh-huh. I'm not sure if he he believes that it exists at all. Uh-huh. It took him, it took me a while to convince him that I had something uh-huh. um, and the biggest thing that helped me explain that to him or had, to, had him like understand finally uh-huh. was when I told him how bad my memory was mm-hmm. and that I, I don't remember most of the stuff that he remembers of my childhood 
Mm -hmm. which hurt him the most, but it also helped him like come to terms with, oh, maybe my son is a little bit broken. (laughs) Yeah, it's always kind of hard in that sense, because like, even for me, my younger brother, he was diagnosed before me and I was only diagnosed because when they were in there, they were like, oh, there's a lot of the symptoms here that she has also. Maybe we should look into that. So I was diagnosed two for one. And that is the other definition of twice exceptional. (laughs) Yeah. And then, but I know that you kind of mentioned that there's a lot of other people that have ADHD. I feel like Mm -hmm. for me, at least after I was diagnosed, I kind of find myself in groups where a lot of people have it more often. And it's kind of interesting. It's like weird, but. Now here's the interesting question for that. Do you now find yourself in different groups where people have ADHD or are you still in the same groups? You just know what it looks like now. It's probably a mix of both because part of it was just lots of friend group changing and stuff. But in general, I still think even before I knew what it was, I was probably surrounding myself with lots of people that have ADHD. We have a way of finding finding each other. Uh Uh-huh. And then have you faced any stereotypes because of the ADHD? Not so much in the entertainment field. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the biggest one was probably just my dad not believing that it was real for a while. Mm -hmm. But this is more of a personal, like just Ben thing. Uh I don't care. I, I, you know, I, I am a, I'm an absurdist philosophically. Okay. Which means that I believe nothing is real except for the chaos of the universe. Uh, my general outlook on, on life is that the universe is a box and everything in it is a cat. <laughs> so if you think that you, if you have weird stereotypes about me just because you know that I have ADHD, yeah, I don't care. You have your opinions and I know who I am. So if you want to have weird opinions about me that don't match up with who I am, that won't take any skin off my nose. You're just going to feel weird when I don't change. And then you continue to have incorrect opinions about me. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's kind of an interesting take on it. I mean, I kind of already knew that a little bit about you because I'm a fan of your podcast also. And that leads into the next question, which is, I know that you have your own podcast with the good, the Dan, the Florida man with Ryan Mm -hmm. and Dan. And so what's it like working on a podcast with three different people who all have ADHD? It is rough. It is so rough. I was the first one on the podcast to be diagnosed and get medication and I kind of helped both Ryan and Dan go to get their diagnosis and their their medicine so they both are medicated now as well mm-hmm. I don't like that phrase they both have <laughs> medicine now yeah uh and they they take it so it got a little bit easier when they were able to function properly mm-hmm. you know and uh but up until then it was kind of like I did everything for the podcast. Like Mm -hmm. I was the one that had to schedule stuff. I had to set up all of the studio equipment. Mm -hmm. Like I had to do, I had to do so much 
just to get that podcast going every week. And and we've taken a bit of a hiatus because we all got really busy. But uh-huh. you know, we're 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 scheduling another episode to uh, to to film this coming Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't plan that one. Ryan texted the group and was like, "Hey, we need to do this. Let's let's go." And so, I think. I think we're, we're starting to come over that curve of just like, oh, now, now the other two are, are learning what it's like to, uh, you know, function mm-hmm. on medicine regularly. And, and hopefully they'll be able to take some more initiative with the, the podcast. Uh-huh. I'm assuming that's part of the reason why episodes don't always come out on time, though, is just because trying to schedule everything. You guys are Absolutely. all very busy, obviously. Yeah. And then I know when you were younger, you've mentioned it a lot, that you played a lot of sports. Do you think that like helped you with the ADHD? Yes, absolutely. There's, there's many studies out there uh, by now that, that corroborate the idea that exercise, specifically cardio, I mm-hmm. believe, uh, helps stimulate the brain in the way that you're understimulated brain needs to function properly for ADHD. It's not a long-term fix by any means, but for the most part, if you start your day exercising or you exercise at some point during the day, your ADHD symptoms will be uh, minimized Mm -hmm. for a little bit, for a brief period of time. So just constantly being such an active kid, we grew up really poor in Florida. Mm -hmm. So I was always outside doing stuff, running, playing soccer, basketball, whatever. So I was always out there exercising and and, uh, and I do think it for sure helped. Um, mm-hmm. there was still a lot of stuff that I wasn't really able to do well. Like I, I couldn't read good, uh, <laughs> and, and for the longest time, I thought I was just bad at reading and it turns out uh-huh. I am, but for a different reason, like I, I was smart. Like I was reading at an eighth grade level in first grade, uh-huh. but I couldn't remember what I had just read. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now I do audiobooks and it's like, oh, wow, crazy how somebody else can read this to me while I'm driving or cleaning or whatever. And I know what's going on. And I can retain it. Mm-hmm. But the, the exercise, I think a lot of little things, it did, did help. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I exercise. I'm a swimmer right now because I'm not that good at most of the other sports, honestly. But <laughs> I like doing swim. swimming's rough. Yeah. It's fun. It's a full body exercise. Yeah, it's still fun. I like doing that, but I feel like I'm always busy. But honestly, when I'm busier, I feel like I get more work done than when I have yep. free time. Because when it's I have free time, it's the constant stimulation. Yeah. When I have free time, I feel like it's really hard to start work. Like yeah. I feel like that's the hardest part for me is starting stuff because I know I have to do stuff, but like yeah, to start. One of the things that I've learned uh, helps is like, I put my phone on like, do not disturb or like uh, work mode. Uh-huh. And then I just put it out of sight. Mm-hmm. So like under a blanket or in a drawer or just in a different room uh-huh. and I'll just forget my phone exists. And that helps me kind of like stay on task with the mm-hmm. actual work that I need to get done. Yeah, with me, I find that usually music actually helps me get started with the work at least. And with most work, I can just keep music on. There's a few things like trying to read that I'm like, this is not going to work. But I think the way that I kind of describe it to people, I I imagine my brain is in like two sections. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an 80% and a a 20%. And 
they both need to be stimulated for me to properly do tasks. So uh-huh. like the 80% is a task that requires like focus, like a big amount of brain energy, like reading where I actually have to pay attention to the words and retain them, blah, blah, blah. And there's like the 20% that are mindless tasks. So mindless tasks to me are like driving or cleaning mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that. Um, and so I need an 80% task happening in my brain to help me finish 20% tasks. So if I'm cleaning or driving, I listen to an audiobook because that mm-hmm. takes up my brain space. Where if it's the other way around where I'm like, I'm writing, I will listen to music in the background mm-hmm. because that takes up the 20%. Yeah. So your brain just needs to constantly be busy basically in yep. order to On get two stuff things. done. Yeah. And then you mentioned cleaning. Has Have you ever like had the times where you get hyper-focused on cleaning or hyper-fixated on cleaning? Because I know that yep. happens to me a lot where I'm yep. in the middle of a task and then I go like clean out my closet. Yep. I, uh, I, I just moved into this new house, uh, uh-huh. about a month ago and I just found out that I have ants. And so we're getting, exter- we're getting an exterminator come out and spray the, <laughs> spray the area for sure. But I found some, I was like, okay, time to deep clean the entire house. And so that's what I did for the next four hours. I just uh-huh. cleaned everything with like bleach and Clorox wipes and vinegar. Uh-huh. That was not on my plate that day. (laughs) For your videos, do you often film like a lot of them in a row or is it more like spread out and on a schedule? So usually I write a lot throughout the week and Uh then come like Monday, I'll film two or three of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then throughout the week, sometimes I'll film a couple more. that, That more so depends on what I have to do that week because if like uh-huh. if it's a normal week where I don't do anything yeah I film everything on Monday sometimes I'll film like an extra couple things on Tuesday mm-hmm. but if I have to travel like I leave again next Tuesday this coming mm-hmm. Tuesday I leave in six days and I'll be gone for three weeks so now I'm on overdrive where I'm writing more and filming more pretty much every day until then because I have to get three weeks worth of content filmed and done uh-huh you're on the road a lot, it sounds like. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, stand-up uh-huh. comedy was my first love, and I don't think I ever want to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. But, man, some days I just wish I could stay at home. Uh-huh. So you've traveled to a lot of different places then, at least in the United States? Yeah, every state except for Hawaii so far. That's really cool. I've been to... I don't know, a lot of states, but not like all of them, especially not in like the middle of the United States. Listen, if you've been to one Midwest state, you've been to them all. Okay. I was born in Michigan, so. There you go. You've done it. (laughs) Yeah. Is there like a favorite place you visited or does it kind of just depend? Um, I think this ties into a lot of the the memory problems. I don't remember <laughs> a whole lot of specifics about any of my travels. Uh, uh-huh. If you ask me like for very specifics, like, hey, what did you do while you were in Louisville? I can tell you I went to Louisville Slugger Museum. Uh, but uh-huh. I've gotten to a point now where I try to to see stuff. Every time I travel to a new city, I try to see like their attraction, you know, and, uh-huh. and have a good time doing that. 
Um, but nothing really stands out all too much. Uh-huh. I know you are in Arizona at Tempe in like December, I think. I wasn't in yeah. town at the time, but I saw that you were had a show here. Did what did you think of Arizona? Uh it's big desert, big dry, <laughs> hot desert. Yeah. I got I got some friends that live in the area so i've been prettier than i think people expect it to be uh, uh-huh. the grand canyon is gorgeous but mm-hmm. i mean it's just a lie <laughs> it's just a big desert nobody should be living there <laughs> yeah i've been living here for a long time almost all of my life so like i'm kind of used to it but it gets really mm-hmm. hot in the summers oh yeah no i can imagine it was like 100 degrees this morning <laughs> oh that's fine <laughs> It's a dry heat. You'll be all right. And then do you have any advice for people to like what they should do when they talk to people with ADHD or like things they should avoid? I have some advice, but I think the best piece of advice I can give is ask them what they need Mm -hmm. because everybody has different symptoms. There's so many symptoms of ADHD. And there's so many different ways to help people who have it. Um, I know a big thing that helps me is when people, if you don't ask me questions like, what is your favorite this or that? You have to ask me like questions that have definite answers. Like, hey, Uh what is the first concert you went to? Instead of like, what is your favorite concert? Um, And that kind of helps me because if you, I don't really have favorites. It's all just kind Uh of a big cloud of whatever, of mush. And so Uh if you ask me a definite answer of just like, hey, uh, you know, what was the last book you read? What is the book you're reading now? Those are better questions to ask than what is your favorite book? Uh Uh-huh. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think and I can't even remember the last book I read. Oh, I have to pull it up. I have an app. I have, I just go to my audible and I look at my library and go, it was a thief of time by Terry Pratchett. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, which I think some... it was. <laughs> I think it's my summer reading book, but you know, that's fine. And then that's most of the questions I have. So is there anything else you want to say to the listeners? I thank you guys for listening. This is such a cool concept. I love I love talking about mental health and I love uh-huh. spreading the any tips chick tips, tricks, advice, and and helpfulness that I can to help people, especially if you're like, maybe you have a new ADHD diagnosis and you're like, oh, that's a new thing that I just learned about myself. You know, this is, this is what I love. I want to get more into it. So I'm, I'm happy that you have me on. I'm I'm thankful for the listeners that do listen. Uh Uh-huh. And then finally, where can people like find you on the internet? Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say the grocery store, but (laughs) Let's see. Uh, you can just find me. I have a website you can check out. It's benbrainerd.com. And my last name is spelled brain, like the one in your head, A-R-D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on there, I have all of my social media links. So it's just a one-stop shop. It's basically my link tree. It's just my website. I would just like to thank Ben again for coming on to my podcast. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did enjoy it, please consider following the podcast on our TikTok and Instagram at twice underscore exceptional podcast. 
And if you have any questions, please reach out to twiceexceptionalpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you.